Building a portfolio with Fidelity Basket Portfolios is kind of like making a sandwich. It's as simple as picking your stocks and ETFs, sort of like your meats and other topics, and managing it as one big, juicy investment. Mmm, now that's pretty good. Learn more at fidelity.com slash baskets. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSC SIPC. Imagine you're on a John Deere mower with a smooth ride, intuitive controls, and attachments for every season. You just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to the Money Girl podcast. My name is Laura Adams. I am a personal finance expert and award-winning author of multiple books, including Money Girl's Smart Moves to Grow Rich. On this show, I help you get the knowledge, resources, and motivation to manage your money with confidence. My goal with every episode is to leave you with practical tips and tactics that you can use right away to create a richer life. To see notes from this episode, go to the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com. Go about halfway down the page where you'll see a section called Money Girls Archives. Just look for episode number 478 called The Eight Cheapest Ways to Pay Off Your Student Loans. If you're like many who graduated college in the past decade or so, you're suffocating under a mountain of student loan debt. The average is at an all-time high. It's $37,000 per graduate. The average payment for student loan borrowers between the ages of 20 and 30 is $351 per month. Approximately 43 million borrowers, or 7 in 10 U.S. graduates, are carrying over $1.25 trillion in student loans. Woo! It's no wonder I get so many questions about how to handle student loan debt. No matter if you can easily afford your student loan payments or you're struggling to make them every month, it's important to know your options. In this show, I'll cover eight of the cheapest ways to pay off your student loans. Plus, I'm bringing you an interview with Amber and Danny Masters. They're a professional husband and wife who are drowning in $600,000 of student loan debts after graduating from law school for her and dental school for him. Yeah, you heard me right, $600,000 of student loan debt. They kept their mountain of debt a secret until they began redtogreen.com, where they blog about their experiences, missteps, and details of their personal finances. Here are some of the topics that we cover in the interview. We talk about tips to get a great education with less debt. We discuss a rule of thumb for how much to borrow for school. We talk about the value of having a repayment plan, how to be proactive about your repayment options, and whether they regret going into so much debt for their professional degrees. If you have student loans that are crushing your finances and maybe holding you back from reaching goals like saving for retirement or buying a home, there may be a bright spot in the future. 
President-elect Trump has proposed ideas to help borrowers who can't afford their payments. Today, if you're struggling to keep up with student loan payments, you may qualify for an income-based repayment plan. There are several options, but the pay-as-you-earn program is popular, and it caps payments at 10% of your income, and then it wipes out your debt after you've made payments for 20 to 25 years, depending on the type of loan you have. Trump has proposed a repayment plan that would cap student loan payments at 12.5% of income and forgive the balance after you make payments for 15 years. So that would raise the cap from where we are right now, but forgive your balance five to 10 years sooner than the current option. And that would give financially stressed borrowers more relief. But if you need help paying your loans right now, please don't wait for Trump's potential plan to be enacted. Go ahead and investigate your options at studentloans.gov. Just remember that the downside of reducing your monthly payment or extending the repayment period is that you're going to end up paying more interest over time, and any forgiven debt is taxable in the year that it's forgiven. But in this podcast, I'm just going to focus on the cheapest ways to pay off your student loans. And you can use these ideas alone or in combination with each other to shrink what you owe. Here are eight ways to take charge of your debt so it costs less and allows you to get rid of it faster. Number one, understand the big picture of your debt. Many graduates have multiple loans from a variety of lenders, and many people I talk to don't even know what they owe and and who the lenders are. So the first step to paying off your loans efficiently is to assess what you owe. Create a simple spreadsheet that lists your loans and all of the repayment terms. And you don't have to limit this exercise to just your student loans. I recommend that you take the time to document all your debts, like mortgages, credit cards, car loans, and personal loans. Document it all in one spreadsheet so you have it in one place. And if you're not sure what debt you owe, don't feel bad about that. Simply visit your lender's websites, or here's a better idea, pull a free copy of your credit report. You can get it for free once a year at annualcreditreport.com. So once you've gathered all this information, begin entering it on your spreadsheet. So for each debt, list the monthly due date, the minimum payment, your current balance, the interest rate, and whether it's fixed or variable, and the lender or the servicing company, and their website or phone number. Now you can see the big picture of your finances to know what to prioritize. And I'll talk a little bit more about this spreadsheet in just a moment. Okay, the second tip to pay off your debt cheaply is to refinance your student loans. So once you have this big picture spreadsheet, you may see that your interest rates are high compared to current rates. Depending on the type of student loans you have and when you got them, the interest rate you're paying could be well over 6%. You need to check out what you have. Doing a refinance means that you pay off one or more of your high-interest loans with a new loan that has a lower interest rate. There are private lenders that may refinance student loans for as little as 2 or 3% with repayment terms ranging from 5 to 20 years. Paying less interest means you can pay more toward your principal balance each month, which pays down your loan faster and allows you to easily save money. 
Every lender's underwriting requirements for refinancing will be different, so you need to shop and compare offers from several companies to make sure you get the best deal. If you're not sure where to start, I created an online loan comparison chart, and it gives some of the best places to refinance your student loans. It's a handy one-page PDF resource, and you can download it in the notes for this show on the Money Girl section at quickanddirtytips.com, or you can text me for immediate access to the download. Just text the phrase, my loan, to the number 33444. There's no space between my and loan. It's just M-Y-L-O-A-N. So text that to the number 33444, and I'll send you the online loan comparison chart. Tip number three, make accelerated loan payments. This is a strategy that I wrote about in Money Girl Smart Moves to Grow Rich. This is a secret weapon that you can use to whittle down your balance on student loans or any type of loan for that matter, faster and pay less interest without paying a dime. Now, accelerated payments are also known as biweekly payments because you make these payments every other week instead of making monthly payments. And this strategy works for all types of installment loans and mortgages as long as there is not an expensive prepayment penalty. And that's typically not the case for student loans, but you still want to check if you have private loans. When you understand how much you can save making bi-weekly payments, you're going to want to jump for joy each time you send in a payment. Bi-weekly payments are not magic. They simply take advantage of the fact that one month out of each quarter has five weeks in it instead of four. There are 13 weeks in each quarter, not 12, and there are 52 weeks in a year, not 48. So it's just a sneaky way to get the equivalent of one extra monthly payment made each year. That additional amount works wonders towards paying down a loan faster, which means you pay a lot less interest over time. The biweekly strategy works especially well if you get paid every other week, so you can budget the biweekly loan payment to occur close to each payday. Tip number four, make more than the minimum payment. If you have some discretionary money each month, you could pay more than the minimum payment. Let's say you owe $50,000 at 5% interest for 10 years. Your minimum payment would be $530, and it would cost you about $14,000 in interest over the life of the loan. But if you pay an additional $100 each month, you'll save about $3,000 in interest and pay off the loan two years earlier. When you send more than the minimum payment, or make bi-weekly payments like I previously mentioned, please make sure that you add a note to your payment indicating that you want that extra money to go toward your principal balance. Otherwise, the lender may think that you're just prepaying next month's payment and simply hold it, and that won't help you get rid of the debt any faster. Tip number five, use windfalls to pay down debt. As tempting as it can be to treat yourself using a bonus, gift, or tax refund on a luxury item, remember that using a windfall to pay down debt is the absolute easiest and most effective way to get rid of it faster. When you get a raise or promotion at work, consider it a windfall as well and make sure you use that additional income to accomplish important goals like building an emergency fund, saving for retirement, or paying down debt. 
Many people get stuck on the right order to pay down debts, and they never make any progress. Choosing the wrong debt to pay down early is better than never acting on any of your debts. Let me repeat that. Choosing the wrong debt to pay down early is better than never acting on any of your debts. However, when considering your student loans, I recommend attacking your highest interest debt first because it's costing you the most. Remember the spreadsheet I mentioned creating that lists your debt? Sort it by highest to lowest interest rate. If you have debts with higher interest rates than your student loans, like credit cards, personal loans, or payday loans, always pay off those first. Student loans and mortgages have relatively low rates, and they come with tax breaks, making their net cost even less. I did a previous show called A Blueprint to Prioritize Your Personal Finances. It's show number 414, and I think it will help you really understand which debts to tackle first and why. Tip number six, explore loan forgiveness programs. If you work full-time in certain industries like teaching, medicine, or doing public service work, You may qualify to have some or all of your student loan forgiven. That's the government's way of thanking you for giving back to your community after you've made payments for a certain amount of time. However, forgiven debt is considered income, so you're still on the hook for taxes on any amount that you don't repay. For example, if you earn $40,000 a year and have $10,000 of student loan debt forgiven, you'd owe income tax on $50,000 instead of $40,000 that year. Tip number seven, find out if your employer has student loan benefits. Helping workers pay down their student loans is an innovative benefit some large companies are offering. Check with your human resources department to find out what may be available. If your company has not created a student loan repayment benefit, propose it as a solution to stay competitive, retain the best talent, and help workers reduce financial stress. And lastly, number eight, automate your loan payments. Many lenders offer to automate your loan payments by drafting them from your bank account on a given day each month automatically. They know you're less likely to miss a payment this way. But in exchange, your lender may offer a slightly lower interest rate, which helps you pay off your student loans a little bit faster. To get rid of your student loans the cheapest and fastest way possible, stay focused on living within your means, using windfalls wisely, and earning additional income. Revisit your entire debt repayment strategy at least once a year to make sure you're tackling it the smartest way possible. Money Girl is sponsored by Claritin. If you're like me and you suffer from allergies, you know this time of year can be pretty rough. There's a lot of sneezing, itchy eyes, congestion, and they can really hold you back from living the life you want to live. Luckily, for those with allergies, you can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This is a product designed for serious allergy sufferers. It's got two ingredients in one pill that relieve allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combo of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant relieves all the symptoms that you suffer. And what I love about 
about Claritin D is that it starts working in as little as 30 minutes. Plus, it's non-drowsy, so you can still make the most of your day. I can take Claritin D and then get on the mic and record a podcast without being too congested. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. People today can spend half their lives over 50. So it's good to be financially ready for what's important to you as you get older, like a family vacation. Or starting your dream business. Welcome to Connie's Coffee. How may I help you? AARP's trusted financial tools can help you plan for whatever your future holds. That's why the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Start planning today at aarp.org slash money tools. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited. First, tell me about the education and professional degrees that you both have and how much they cost you. I graduated my undergraduate degree fairly scot-free as far as student loans go. I had one federal loan that was $3,500. So I was pretty fortunate. Um, And then I decided to go to law school, which was considerably more expensive. I graduated with $45,000 of debt, but that was still um, a lot better than most law schools. Most law schools cost around 140. So um, I was fairly unscathed, but definitely still had student loans under my belt. And then I graduated my undergrad um, without any debt. And I had to do a one-year master's program out in Florida and uh, left with around 60,000, I believe, from that. And then the four years of dental school was another over 400 on that one. That was was an expensive school. When you both graduated, how did you feel about all of the debt that you were walking out into the world with? And and what was that total number at the time? At the time, it was around 500. Some interest had started accruing, so we were right around 500,000. And I don't think we understood, well, let me rephrase that. I know we did not understand interest. I don't think we really understood that it would be accumulating while we were in school on some of our loans. And so um, once we graduated and, you know, kind of started thinking about how we're going to pay our student loans back um, and we pulled up our account and looked at that number, like it was just shell shock. We were like, holy cow, we have over half a million dollars in debt. All this interest is accruing every single day. And um, it was is very stressful and very motivating to start getting serious about how we were going to start tackling that debt. Did anybody else know how much debt you were in, or did you guys just sort of keep it amongst yourselves? Yeah, we kept it amongst ourselves. I mean, I talk with friends at school, and a lot of them were going through the same thing and, and had really similar situations. But 
outside of school friends, I don't think anyone really had much of an idea. Yeah, and so you both started writing about it. You actually started a blog, redtogreen.com, and so you kind of went big time with it. You went public. How did that feel to share that number with the world? It was really scary um, at first, especially because we hadn't been very open with like our immediate family or immediate friends about our situation. Um, I think everyone just kind of assumes, oh, student loans or something you have to you have to take out, you kind of have to go through that. Um, but no one else knew. I mean, we just barely knew what the gravity of that was with pushing towards $600,000 of student loans. Um, so it was really scary. It was really scary. But since we had been talking to some friends um, who were in similar situations, none of them, none, none of us knew what to do, what the best way to handle our loans would be. And we had Googled it. We'd read every single book we could find. We talked to school counselors. We talked to financial advisors. And everyone had contradicting advice or no advice at all. They just were kind of like, good luck. And so we're like, we're going to start blogging about at least what we're doing in case there's one other person on the earth that might benefit from it. And will the lenders that you're working with contact you and and inform you about all your options? Or is it something that we really need to take uh, seriously as borrowers and, and be proactive and ask about what our options are? So I'd say you definitely have to be proactive. And, you know, they are, they are helpful and there are tools on the websites uh, are beneficial and give you a lowdown of this is how much each plan is. And this is kind of the uh, table comparing all of them. But you really have to know, you have to have done your own research. Sadly, the only person who really cares about you is going to be you. <laughs> so while other, like the people at our um, financial institutions that our loans are serviced through, they're very kind. They try to be helpful, but, um, but they, they don't know like what our financial goals are and that type of thing. So um, they're just trying to hurry and get you signed up for whatever plan. Whereas if you have a goal, you know, to pay for debt quickly, or if you're having a hard time finding a job and you just need the lowest payment possible, um, the more you know for yourself, the better off you will be. We've signed up for income-based repayment um, really only as a safety net for a couple of years. So while we're building up our clientele, I'm working as a lawyer, Danny's working as a dentist, we're trying to get our income up and going. Um, As soon as we're a little more established in our careers, plan to refinance privately. And our goal is to have our total amount of loans completely paid off within five years. So by 2021, we're hoping to be debt-free. What are some tips that you would recommend for people as they begin to evaluate different institutions and, and finding what's going to be the best school for their financial needs and for their future education and career needs? I wish we had shopped around more for a dental school um, that was cheaper. So so whatever school you're interested in, whether it's professional, whether it's an undergrad, um, there's no reason that you need to pay top dollar to go to whatever school. So if you can target a lower cost school that's still going to give you the degree and the career of your dreams, then then why not do that? Like make it easier on yourself and and seek that out in addition to scholarships. So we didn't do a good job of either of those things. So I would say hunt for those good schools that are lower cost and then hunt for scholarships and you'll save yourself a lot of problems down the road. 
Yeah, and don't look at it as when you graduate, because the way I looked at it was just, well, it's dental school, dental school, dental school. It's going to be expensive, so who cares? Every dollar counts, especially now that I'm paying it off. I'm just like, if I'd gone to a cheaper school, there's like 50 payments there that I wouldn't have to make, you know, if I'd gone to some other school. <laughs> um, but I just initially looked at it as, oh, it's dental school, it's dental school, so it doesn't matter. Right. And do you think there's a a guideline for folks to think about in terms of what's the maximum amount they should borrow based on future earning potential? You know, a lot of people say, well, you don't want to borrow more than the first year salary out of school. You know, that definitely would not have paid for your educations. (laughs) Um, So, you know, is that a fair fair type of formula to, you know, remind people about or even encourage them to use? Does that make sense for most people? I think that specific formula is a great formula. <laughs> I think you'll save yourself a lot of uh, heartache down the road. I know for us right now, we're trying to live off about $3,000 a month. Um, anything extra goes into student loans. And just thinking about like how we're still living like students and we're a dentist and a lawyer and we could be, I mean, not, not that we need like this extravagant lifestyle, but it'd be nice to like go to the movies once in a while. <laughs> so um, and so being smart about that decision, I think that's a great formula, um, what you described. I, I wish we'd done that. <laughs> well, in the long run, you know, you've got these great degrees and you're obviously going to have very successful careers. Do you think it was worth it? Do you think that, you know, maybe right now you're feeling the pinch, but once the student loans are paid off, you'll be able to look back and say, yeah, it was worth it. I've got a great career that I'm happy with. Or do you think that all of the sacrifice that you're going through right now is a little more than you bargained for? I ask myself that a lot, and I always come back to the same (laughs) answer that, yes, it was worth it. Um, Because I look at friends that I did undergrad with and that were in my neighborhood and you know, they just got a simple degree in business, econ, finance or something and came out and they've been working for five, oh no, 10 years now. What is that? I guess. Um, and you know what? They're doing great. But you know what? I majored in business as a fallback and I didn't want to do anything like that. And I look at where I am now and yes, it was expensive. Yes, we've still got a lot of debt to pay off, but I enjoy it. And would I have enjoyed doing a four-year undergrad in business and going into business? Probably not. So I, I don't regret what I did. Yeah. How about you, Amber? Yeah, I agree. Um, we, and we have this conversation a lot. Like, was it thinking, of, I mean, we've like stopped and listed out what we could have bought for $600,000. And like, it's pretty crazy. Like we could have a beach house, we could have a Lamborghini and um, things like that. So we have this conversation a lot, um, but I agree 100% with what Danny just said. Um, we could have done it differently. Um, we could have shopped around even for maybe more inexpensive schools, but we wouldn't. It's, it's hard to say that after the fact because we made so many friendships um, at the schools that we went to. We had so many wonderful mentors and um, these lifelong connections that who knows we would have had going somewhere else. So it's, it's hard to say after the fact. Um, it's also hard to say before we've actually paid <laughs> the loans off. Like right now, we're like we think we still think it was a good idea. Um, maybe if you know we have hard times over the next ten or twenty years, not not able to pay it off within our five year goal, we'll sing a different tune. But right now, I'm saying it was worth it. We're glad we did it. It's worth the sacrifice. Yeah. So you know, knowing what you know now. 
Um, what would you what would your advice be to young people who are just looking at college or even thinking about going on to graduate and pro- professional school? What's your main piece of advice for them? Uh, I can't speak for Danny, but the one that I'm just like jumping eager to tell you is um, to sit down and make a plan. So figure out what the heck you're doing. Um, I know in my undergrad, I changed my major like 20 times. And it took me, I think, five and a half years to graduate my undergrad. Um, so it's a lot of wasted time and a lot of wasted money. Whereas if I had just taken the time to like sit down, figure out what I want to do, um, what degree is going to get me into law school if I want to go to law school, or <clears throat> what degree is going to get me into dental school or medical school or whatever, if you're wanting to pursue higher education, plan it out, sit down with a guidance counselor, go over your classes, don't waste your time taking racquetball and all those classes that cost money but aren't going to get you anywhere. (laughs) Um, Have a plan, stick to it, and just work hard. Like, keep that focus on your plan. Yeah, that's terrific. Well, Amber and Danny, thank you so much for sharing your story so candidly with us. And I wish you all the best in paying off your loans. Tell the listeners where they can learn more about you and figure out more about how they should attack their their student loans and, and maybe learn from your experiences. Thank you, Laura. We're at red2green.com. So it's red, T-W-O, green.com. And we share all of our money-saving hacks. We have a newsletter. We frequently do financial and fitness type challenges. So they're free to come check out our website. They can email us with any questions. We're happy to talk with people. Do you have a money question or dilemma? A great way to keep the money conversation going with a terrific community is to join my private Facebook group called Dominate Your Dollars. To request your invitation, visit Dominate Your Dollars on Facebook or send me a text message for immediate access. Just text DOLLARS to the number 33444. I hope to see you in the group. You can also visit lauradadams.com to email me your money question. That's all for now. I'll talk to you next week courtesy of Money Girl, your guide to a richer life. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.